Welcome to Movies with Heart. I'm your host, Sam Fullhart, joined as always by my co-host, Paul Fullhart. No relation. (laughs) I'm glad we got that out of the way. And this is the final episode in our October spooky Halloween series. We're actually, we always record these episodes the day that they come out. So it is Halloween. And um, Paul, I see you got some candy for the the little trick-or-treaters who are going to be coming by later. Oh, yeah. And I'm in in a great costume. Maybe you can describe your costume to the, the viewers, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've been growing out a mustache and growing out my hair. It's nice and long and curly. I'm 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 going as a Weird Al Yankovic this year. Oh, um, nice. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah. How do you like my Hawaiian shirt? I I, uh, I think it's very very Hawaiian. <laughs> it's oh, thank excellent you. mustache. I'm very thank very you. impressed by the costume that you're definitely wearing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I and really. Then, I like your costume a lot too. It's it's interesting. It's it's kind of not what I would expect from you, but can you just can you describe it for us, Paul? Yeah, I'm I'm going uh, going as a ghost. I have, I have a sheet over me currently. Oh, <laughs> my ooh. face cannot be seen. I, Very. Spooky. I was feeling a little uneasy, and that's probably that must be why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know <laughs> we're you're, totally you're, wearing these costumes for sure. Yeah. At 25 <laughs> and 30, Paul and I are still big. Halloween oh, yeah. fans, we yeah. celebrate every year. Yeah, um, and this this is what we wanted to do on Halloween. I had yeah. nothing else going on, so <laughs> we're dressed up as costumes in our rooms recording this. So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Oh yeah, exactly. Um, well, let's let's uh, delay no. Fr- What's that expression? Oh, I can't remember. It's How- delay no further. You're, delay you're no further. It. Yeah, <laughs> we are discussing Scream tonight. Um, it is, it's night, right? That's, um, it's, 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 yeah, we're, it's, it's earlier because we got to watch Sorry. the movie after this and then it will be night. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> for the final discussion. It's, it's kind of like clearly three-ish, yep. three, between yep. four. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're, we're discussing Scream this afternoon. Uh, Paul, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your, you know, your journey with Scream? Yeah. Yeah, and so definitely, you know, we're doing the scary movies. This is also a movie that I saw for the first time maybe four years ago. Um, it's was one of my so it's definitely not going to be like a re-remembering. I also I've since then I've watched it every October since. Um, <laughs> so I'm certainly I, I, I remember the movie very well, as you would hope. Um, yeah, I, I think for for the early days of the podcast, I don't know if it was a good idea to do four regular episodes and then do four <laughs> just Halloween horror episodes that don't really tie in that well to the show. We'll see how that affects the ratings. Uh, but, yeah. uh, what 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 are you uh, gonna do? Yeah, it was it was all worth it. Um, you know, just to watch watch this movie. To be honest, it's a great. Ex- I think there are a lot of great, um, yeah, horror movies. So it's. Kind of didn't want to miss the opportunity. I think then this one in particular, this is just one of my overall favorite movies, to be honest. Personally, just the first time I watched this movie, like there's just so many elements I enjoyed both because I think both working as like a horror movie, but also the mystery of it. And then also the all the commentary it was able to like pull so many to me in my mind, it pulled so many things off at once that it just really. Yeah, it got me excited about it. Even though the first time viewing, I hadn't seen like any other horror movies, so I didn't understand <laughs> that it was referencing Halloween or a lot of other. Why movies, did you decide so. to start with this one? 
I I just I I literally knew nothing about this movie. <laughs> and like and me and my friend decided we wanted to watch Scream. And so <laughs> so I watched it with no context of what it was. I hadn't had it spoiled for me at all. It was like oh, a completely nice. fresh um viewing. So other than I I think you know I had heard like the scream voice maybe i i'd seen i'd seen a lot of things parody like the opening scene i didn't know that it was parodying the opening scene but once i saw this like opening scene i knew that yeah i kind of got that but other than that it was totally fresh um what what about you sam yeah so i i think i mentioned on the halloween episode that this was i'd watched this as part of a horror movie series while i was home alone so i i started with halloween and then I watched um, Nightmare on Elm Street, and then I watched this one. And, that's and it was a all... much smarter way to watch those three movies yeah, than I did. I, I would say so. Um, and the one unfortunate thing for me was that I had seen Scary Movie years ago. I, I watched that in, like, seventh grade at a birthday party. Ooh. And I didn't, I didn't watch the whole thing because I was pretty scandalized by, like, the profanity and, and the sexual content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd seen enough of Scream and maybe I'd watched Scream even, or sorry, Scary Movie. I'd seen enough of Scary Movie and I might've gone back and watched it later, like in high school. So Mm -hmm. I, I was definitely aware of some of what was going to come in Scream because of that. Um, and I think it's so weird that Scary Movie is a parody of Scream which is yeah. <laughs> a much like Scream is a great satire of yes. the horror genre. Exactly, it's what it's what it, you should be striving for as a parody. Yeah, you're at this at that point. You're putting a hat on a hat, so exactly, it's a little <laughs> too many degrees yeah. removed from the real thing. <laughs> um, um, but I I love Scream. I I get I, I, I totally with you. I thought it does such a good job of being genuinely scary. Um, and also, you know, being a mystery and at the same time, you know, commenting on on those genres. And um, I, I, th- I mean, I think it's it's a testament to how successful it was that, you know, a few years later um, it could be parodied because I, I think it did. Uh, it, it had such a big impact on the horror movie genre. And it's crazy, like if uh, Halloween six came out in i believe it was 1995 and mm-hmm. then this movie also was this movie 95 or 96 i think it's 1996 okay yep. but if you watch those two together like it's insane how yeah. di- like that they came out <laughs> one year apart yeah um like halloween six just is it's just you know it's the sixth movie in the halloween series they really have nothing new to do when they, when, when they try to like bring it, you know, into the nineties with like some grunge music and stuff, it just feels totally out of place. And then mm-hmm. this movie just completely re- revitalized the horror genre. Um, and yeah, I think it's funny that we both like it so much because uh, I, I mean, I was five in 1996. You would have been zero or one <laughs> I, I was in between zero and one yeah. yeah i was not one at that point <laughs> okay yeah so we don't like i mean i have some memories uh, but but like this isn't really you know this shouldn't really like hit our nostalgia buttons it's not like we were really that aware of what yeah. was going on at this time um do you, do you have any idea like 
do you have any idea like what the why this movie has had so much uh has resonated so much with you and like why it has this staying power I mean, yeah, I, for me, I feel like it's when, when you sometimes it's as simple as you make a great movie and you don't need to rely on anything like, you know, things like nostalgia and stuff aren't as important when something's yeah. so good. And I know to me, you know, I, yeah, I just for, for me, I, I was pretty new to the genre at this point, like horror in general when I saw it. And it was just like it every it's just felt it was just all clicking for me. Like just the, the pacing of the movie, I felt yeah. like it kick it kicks off with such a, like a kind of intense first scene. It just kept like the momentum through the whole way for me. Um, but it was also, it, it just, it was doing so many things at once and it all came together so well for me that like, yeah. I, it's all, it's one of like my best and most memorable movie experiences. That was the first time watching this movie. So um yeah it's i th- I think it really was just like the combination the fact that i was like the, its ability to like balance meta commentary i think part of when i watched it i you know meta like meta movies have become that's like the thing that everything is like a meta commentary <laughs> these days and so in a weird way it was fresh like to me because it was able to do the meta genre in a much better way, honestly, than a lot of things <laughs> I had been watching around that time. As kind of, you know, you have your, um, like, you know, Deadpool kind of broke things out, and then it was, yeah. you saw a lot of people kind of going in that direction at that time. And so, to to me, it kind of, it reminded, it was like another one where it's like, oh yeah, you can be meta, but you, like, the key is that you still do the thing that you're doing a commentary on very well. Um, yeah, and it just, yeah, the fact that it was able to balance all those things, it it just, yeah, it it was it was it was it for me. Um, what what about you? Um, <laughs> yeah, what, no, what I, drew you in? I mean, everything that you said, I, I think it knows when to when to bring in the meta, you know, the commentary mm-hmm. and the the meta uh, stuff, and it, it knows when that would get in the way of the horror and like in the. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll get into this more, but like in, in just the first scene, a lot of it is just straight horror. And, you know, it doesn't like I think a lo- one thing that a lot of movies do now is they'll go for some emotion, like they'll go for something scary or they'll go for like a, you know, really inspiring, you know, scene, or like really cathartic scene. But then they'll kind mm-hmm. of throw in a joke to sort of yeah. undercut it. Um and I don't think, I mean, I, I'm curious to, to rewatch it. If, I don't think this movie does that. I, I think it um, and just weaves those two things together. And, and um, yeah, and, and I think, too, like, you know, I, I used to be really scared by horror movies. And I still do like getting scared. But what something that was so exciting for about this movie for me is it kind of, like, unlocked the horror genre. And, you know, once I kind of once I recognized the tropes, then it like watching horror movies became a little bit more of like an academic exercise. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was like a way to kind of conquer the fear a little bit. And also just, you know, it just, I, for me, that's like a really fun way of, of watching movies. Just like, Oh, are they going to, um, you know, how are they going to deviate from, from these tropes or like, yeah, how are they going to play with the form? I, I really like that the horror genre had so many constraints um 
and and this movie kind of kind of like exposed a lot of those to me because I like you I hadn't seen a lot of horror at this point I had watched a couple classics during this run and I yeah. went straight to screen so is there anything you're going to be looking for on this rewatch Paul yeah and I think the I'll definitely be trying to look at it through a different lens because obviously I've seen this movie a bunch. I'm not worried about whether I'm going to enjoy it or not. I think the big thing is kind of with what we've been talking about. I mean, really trying to look at it through the lens of like how it works, like it's commentary on all these movies, like really looking at like how it's pulling it off as well as thinking about, you know, what it's like legacy is because it then has influenced a lot of movies since. So I'm going to be kind of more looking at it from like where it fits in the horror genre in general. And also I just want to be, have just a little more critical eye on like how, how is it like managing to balance all these things, which is way it's easy to say you do, do all, you know, balance all these different um, aspects to a movie, but it's harder to do. And so I'm really just kind of want to look to see how they're accomplishing that. Uh, what about you? Yeah, just, Ditto. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's get watching. And we're back, having just watched Scream for I don't know how many the eighth or ninth time for me. Um, uh, but I gotta say, I I really enjoyed it. No surprise there. Um, Paul, what was your uh, what was your response this time around? Uh, yeah, yeah. I also thoroughly enjoyed it. I think one fun aspect was that I've seen more horror movies this time wa- around watching it. And I think also watching it from the perspective of like for analysis, I think I took some additional things out of it. But yeah, it's a, a fun concept of a horror movie where people have seen a lot of horror <laughs> movies. Um, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed that. Same. Yeah, I, I had since the last time I watched this movie, I watched um, Prom Night and Terror Train, two movies that are referenced in this. And then I yeah. also I had, you know, just watched Halloween and I had watched A Nightmare on Elm Street about a week ago, too. So, um, yeah, a lot, having having all of those fresh in my mind, I definitely picked up on a lot of uh, new references. Uh, Paul, do you want to just give us a quick summary of this plot? Yeah, yeah, I'll just run through it. So basically, for audience members that are maybe a little fuzzy or haven't seen it at all, the the general synopsis of this movie is uh, it's basically another sleepy town, as many horror movies are, so that way you can have houses out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and but basically, there's a killer on the loose. Um, it's the opening scene starts starts with a kill, and then you get to some additional intrigue as there's the police is investigating it. Most of the characters are suspicious. Uh, the main character has a potential connection to the murder. And then it all all comes together for one wild finale where we get to have um, yeah the main character learn who the real murder of her mom was. And she learns that her boyfriend and his friend turn out to be the murder. And stuff goes down a lot of people die and yeah we get get to the happy ending <laughs> yeah that's all right that's a very brief summary that, that is brief yeah uh, well maybe we can get some of those details out as we discuss um, exactly okay so so this movie is a, it's a horror movie 
It's also a, a mystery, specifically a whodunit mystery. Um, and then it's also commenting on these genres. So I was thinking as kind of a framing for this episode that we could talk about each aspect of the movie, each each genre that it incorporates, and then kind of how it, whether it succeeds and to what extent it succeeds at blending them all together. So let's let's start with the the horror. Um, and I guess here the the obvious first question would be: uh, Do you think this movie is scary? Um, and you can answer it. As, you know, do you think this is scary on the first watch? And then you know, having rewatched yeah. it a bunch <laughs> of times, do, do the do the scares still, uh, if they were, if they were ever there for you, do they still, you know, hold up now? Yeah. And I'd, I'd say definitely on the first watch, this movie really gets you, um, with the suspense it builds and a lot of its scenes. I think just the, the ghost face voice in general just adds so much menace to the movie. Yeah. It just, it sounds, uh, he sounds a lot like Jack Nicholson, uh, I I never thought about when I was reading like a couple of reviews, someone mentioned that. And yeah, like, I guess. But I was yeah. I, <laughs> I, I like, and yeah. yeah, I don't I guess it did. Maybe I have to listen to them side by resonate. side. But uh, I, th- I feel like there was more there. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, I was reading. It was, it was different. It was Jack Nicholson, but also like not at all. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. I was reading that the person who who did the voice, like originally, it was just um, that you know they needed to have some some voice for the actors to be listening to in, in the scenes, and then they were planning to uh, to you know have somebody else do it later, and then they thought that the guy did such a good job that they just used that voice. Um, so I, I I think it's great. I can't ima- imagine not using that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it would be weird to think of the movie without that voice. But, yeah, yeah. I think the, um, re- the yeah, reason it's... why I couldn't associate it with Jack Nicholson is I think there's a little too much sexy in the voice. For oh. me to have you, don't, you don't mind Jack <laughs> so, Nicholson sexy? No, no offense to Jack Nicholson, <laughs> but not not um, quite. Um, so but yeah, anyway, so um, back to the the scares. Uh, yeah, so the the big <laughs> spooks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think when you have that voice. I think there's just a lot of the different scenes. I think it also, yeah, so definitely the first watch, it had me on edge and scared from start to finish. It also does one of those horror movie things where it even has tension during the day. There's a lot of horror movies where you're like, oh, good, it's the daytime. <laughs> I don't need to worry about this for right now. And then this movie didn't didn't let let up. And I... Think on repeat viewings, you know, no, no horror movie is going to be as scary the second time. You you know when the actual kills are coming, so you know when, when you, like, don't need to be as afraid. But I think with that said, I still totally felt the horror here. And I think it also, it doesn't just utilize, it utilizes multiple methods of horror. So there's more, there's additional like psychological horror and just the fear of like, these are some crazy people <laughs> out here. So I, th- I think there's some, and some of the performances are very creepy. Yeah. And I think, I think that helps it to like hold up better on repeat viewings for the horror. What about you, Sam? Yeah. Um, I, so I think the first scene is really scary. So 
I, I and and it's certainly the first time I watched it. Um, very effective. Um, and, and and when I watch it now, yeah, I, I know what's coming. But I I think uh, so. In the the first scene, um, we we have Drew Barrymore playing Casey, and she's home alone. She gets a call, you know, some stranger with a creepy voice. Um, and and this I, I've actually never seen the original When a Stranger Calls, but um, apparently that's uh, that's being referenced here. Um, I think that uh, Drew Barrymore is is so likable. And when she starts to get scared, she's so believable. And when she's like yeah. crying, she's she's so believable. I, I think it does that really well. Like some horror movies, they 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 give you these characters. They're just awful people that you want to die. And then it almost becomes like an action movie where it's like, you know, the the killer is a protagonist and you just want to see mm-hmm. them take out these people. Um, I yeah. think this movie does a good job uh, of having likable characters who you like you genuinely you you're genuinely invested in them and it's it's like you know pretty pretty sad especially with um yeah maybe especially with uh casey it's like kind of a, it felt really tragic uh when she dies and and the way that she she um she yeah, gets cut brutal. up and then yeah and you and it's like it's gory and then she uh she's like her parents come home and uh, her mom picks up the phone and she can hear her daughter on the line, just like trying to call out to her and just dying. And like that, that's just such a horrifying thing. Like, you know, obviously as a, you know, as a parent, it must be just unimaginably terrible to lose a child, but to like, to, you know, witness your child's, uh, you know, your child's last moments after they've been like brutally, uh attack is just so uh so terrifying um and yeah i do think that the um the mystery adds some additional horror uh um the uh geet ulrich character um what's billy yeah he's he's just always uh he's he's got an edge to him and you're always kind of wondering what's going on with this guy um i i well when we should talk more about that i i will say some of the the later scenes uh, with the killer uh, ghost face, um, I didn't think were as scary. I, I definitely didn't think were that scary this time around. Um, like, and, and to give one example, so when Tatum, uh, played by Rose McGowan, when she gets killed, she she's like not taking uh, ghost face seriously at all when he confronts her, and. It, like it, it fits with this movie, you know, being about characters who are aware of horror movies um, that she would kind of be making fun of him. But it's also like at this point, uh, she knows that two people have been brutally murdered and like the principal has sent everybody home. Uh, it, like it seems like sometimes it seems like the characters should be taking things a little more seriously than they are. And and that kind of the, that detracted. Uh, I, I thought. I thought, yeah, if they could have found a way, um, you you know what I'm saying? I uh, I hear I hear what you're saying. I definitely think that's a reasonable com- complaint to have. You know, for this particular scene, I enjoyed the the you know they were clearly referencing the like ghost sheet scene from Halloween, 
Yeah. He's in the sheet and she thinks it's her boyfriend and she's like fine with it. But, you know, you know that it's actually the killer. And so it's it's definitely going for homage. I can see why saying as far as they have to stretch it to make it believable that she doesn't just immediately get freaked out by this. However, I I think at this point in the movie, at least for me personally, they've built up the world. It doesn't feel like the real world. To you, yeah. these characters, all these characters are like the biggest movie nerds and also all psychopaths, <laughs> if we're being honest. And so I think they're all psychopaths. I think they're pretty much we might have like two well, exceptions. To the, I, I don't, not I don't all think psychopaths. Sidney's not a psychopath. Tatum's not a psychopath. Casey's not a psychopath. Like the and Dewey's not a psychopath. Tatum's a psychopath. Really? OK, well, we'll. <laughs> We may, maybe we can get into okay, that I more mean, relative, characters. But I don't think I, I think it's established that this isn't like the real this it's not it doesn't feel like a real world. I yeah. think it it's trying to play on that there are people that have seen a bunch of horror movies, they're tired of it. And so every right. every character is cynical and not taking you know, it's playing fun on the fact that in a horror movie people tend to not take the fact that there's a killer running around that seriously. And don't have that sense That's of danger. <laughs> yeah. And so it's it's clearly, um, yeah, playing on that. And then when they're even aware of the fact that it's a horror movie, that makes it even more intense that they're just not worried at all <laughs> about the fact that there's a killer and their sense of danger is not there. So for me, which I guess in this is maybe a part where you could say maybe the blending of the commentary and the horror don't quite and the homage don't all quite work together. So yeah, I guess that's that's fair. But I think that that I, was more and I guess maybe at this point you need more of the just the horror and less of the other stuff so that could yeah, be better. I, I mean, I think that if if you if you think I'm watching a movie while while you're watching a movie, then it, there's just no way that the horror is going to work as well. like you kind of need to I, I it's you kind of need to think that you are like, um, I'm not watching, like, I'm not watching an actor, you know, acting and like getting, uh, well, I mean, feel what are we? that way. It's more of like, it makes sense for her character. She hasn't taken it seriously at all. Yeah. The entire time. So it makes sense that she would just assume it's another person fooling around and they've had, a bunch of characters fooling around earlier in the movie. Right. So it would make sense that in this world, someone like her would think that, but from, again, from a horror perspective though, I don't think it necessarily lands, especially if you know, you're having that reaction. Yeah. I I also think, I mean, I I mean, part of what I like, this isn't really a criticism. I, I, I like that the, the movie kind of defangs, horror as and like that was something that i originally really liked about it um it kind of it it exposes some of the silliness of horror movies so it's and there's something kind of cathartic about taking something scary and then mocking it and i i also think and this is kind of uh maybe contradicting what i was just saying but um in terms of the the like realisticness of it but at by the time this movie came out you know people were aware of the tropes of horror movies and you know, if if people were actually in this situation, 
they probably would reckon they'd be like, oh, this this seems like a horror movie. So in some ways, I I, I don't think that the characters commenting on the the movie really like. It, I mean, it, it's almost like more believable than in some actual horror movies where it's like, how do you not realize what's going on here? Um, I mean, in this so, case, she, I think if she had seen horror movies, she should have recognized that she was the, the person that didn't realize that the monster was standing next to her or whatever. That's um, true. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, an established trope. In this case, she she isn't able to avoid it. So I I think I'm I'm I think you you've convinced me. I I mean and I think certainly on repeat viewing, this scene definitely stands out as not being as scary, and it's at the end of the movie. I think this something a concept like this could have worked better. I don't even know. Maybe not even anywhere else. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess for, yeah. For for me, def, I'd say you've convinced me as a horror element. This this scene's not that scary. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Uh, I think it it is. It's a it's it effectively I, plays off. Or you you think it you think it is? Oh, I think at this point in the movie, because we're we're at the end, I think it probably needs to lean more into horror to, yeah. to finish the movie out. Yeah, you know, right. I, I guess as a movie, like by the time you're all you've assembled all the pieces and are ready to have the final showdown, I think it's probably better to you know like you certainly want to intertwine i don't like if you think about like this compared to the opening scene yeah um, the opening scene's so intense and it, it still does have the elements of the movie watching where the you know ghost face is quizzing her on movie trivia yeah um which by the way not i hadn't even seen the friday the 13th movies it, and i i still i've known that it was Jason's mother since like the second grade. I don't know how oh, she really? missed that. that I, that's the movie that takes me out of the movie. She she should have known. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure that 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 spoiled the original Friday the Thirteenth for me when I watched this originally. I had I was not aware of that. So. Oh, yeah, but if I, she's I, seen Friday the Thirteenth, I guess she's so scared that she's just yeah. thinking Friday the Thirteenth. Jason. Um, yeah. I so think that's. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the in that point the movie's commentary dating on that people associate those, and so it's like, ha, right? You're not a real horror fan, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. But I think in that scene, it's able to do the movie references, but it's obvious it's going more for straight horror in that opening scene, and I think, and it yeah. still is, it's referencing another movie, but I think it balances all of them and it keeps it over in the horror while still incorporating the other elements, so it's still true to the movie. But it has the horror, and I think that was like the right balance there. And I think they w- should have like a balance more similar to that, like would have right. been more effective at the end. They they showed they could do it at the beginning, and it, yeah, think, yeah, it didn't quite hit the right tone at the on that particular scene. Um, as far um, as other any other scenes, um, yeah, anyway. well, a couple other things I was gonna say in the first scene, I like that they reference all like the three major horror movie franchises um she says that halloween is her favorite horror movie which i I think we can talk more about this but i I think it's funny given that wes craven who directed a nightmare on elm street is the director of scream but i i definitely think that halloween is the horror movie that is you know the 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 main reference point in this movie yeah um but then, yeah, we, we also reference uh, Friday the 13th, 
and all, uh, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. And she says um, that she liked the first one, but all the other ones sucked. And I was curious to see, because I was curious if, if Wes Craven was involved in the other ones. And he he did direct several of the subsequent ones and also uh, like co-wrote a couple of them. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, um, I wonder how he it, felt when he saw the script. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I haven't actually seen it, but um, the the Nightmare on Elm Street movie that came out before this one, A New Nightmare, is like a meta a meta movie. Um, yep. So I, I, I yeah haven't seen it, so I can't talk too much about how it connects to this movie. Um, the other thing I was going to say on the horror question, um, or the the other question I was going to ask about that is, uh, what, what do you think of the the ghost face mask. Uh, do you, do you think that's scary or, or, or ghost face in general? Like the way, he, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I'd say I haven't, I think it's interesting. Um, I think ghost face, I, I think depending on my watch, I'm sometimes convinced it's great. And sometimes <laughs> I think it's okay. I, I range somewhere <laughs> between those two places. I think on my very first watch, I really enjoyed the ghost face mask just in that it really emphasizes that this is just a person in a costume. (laughs) And it literally looks like, you know, at this point, by the time I had seen the movie, I'd seen a million people dress up in that costume. Right. For Halloween. I mean, kids in elementary school (laughs) wear the ghost face mask. (laughs) But so I was very familiar with it. And. I liked the fact that it it doubles down on the Halloween. Like this is a guy walking around and attacking and sometimes he trips or whatever. Yeah. Scenario where this is they they yeah, it's even more of this is just a person running at normal human speed. We get to see an extended <laughs> shot of him running. <laughs> and it's just like an average person running. Right. And I think well, that the ghost face mask, I think it just it it's scary from the element of anyone could buy this mask at the store and yeah do terrible stuff so i think it's scary from that aspect um the mask itself isn't particularly menacing yeah uh i don't think um what I, what about you yeah i'm i'm the same on the mask i i don't think and it, it yeah it's hard to say just given that i've seen this mask uh, you know, out in the world so much, but uh, yeah, I don't think it's kind of silly. And it is. It was modeled after the the scream painting. Which uh, have you seen that? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I like. I think that's scary. Um, like you're saying that the costume mask was modeled after it, the painting. Yeah, is that what you're saying. Yeah, the, like the co- like not like the, the like the original one. Yeah, not the yeah. concept for the movie. The, no, not for the. They, I yeah. mean, they took a mask. Yeah, they just that took already, the mask. Already yeah, existed, existed, and that mask yeah, yeah. was based on uh, yeah. the painting. Yeah, yeah. Scream, and I think like that painting is scary, and you can see the same emotions on the it, it, on the the mask face, but it just like it just looks a little too cheap, and it's it's been kind. Of, it's it's a little too cartoonish to to really be menacing. Um, I, on the on the point about uh, running, like I think that's an interesting thing in horror movies 
So in Halloween, Michael Myers never runs. He always walks slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Friday the 13th, in, in the, the first few movies, Jason does run. And then at a certain point, they decided to have him just walk. Um, and I think there's, I think it's definitely scarier if, um, if the, the, the killer just, just walks like it, it's, you know, it shows like a certain confidence or something like they, they know that they're going to get you and they don't like, they don't need to, you know, they don't need to be in a hurry. Um, but then it, it also kind of, it like it's not believable as the, yeah. this is an actual person. Like no actual person is going to be able to hunt down people and kill them if they don't do some run. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not going to be able to catch people who are running from you if you don't also run. And so I, it yeah, it, it definitely. I think in some ways it makes it less scary, but it, it's much more grounded when you do it like that. Um, so yeah, I. I I, I'm a fan of running. I, if, if you yeah. want to tell me that this is a human being, um, then have them run. Um, if you want it to be some ghost spectral thing, then uh, then walking is maybe the way to go. But yeah, I, I definitely I thought the running worked especially well in the opening scene when he chases Drew Barrymore oh, down. Yeah, when um, he's running and he's like, you can see him catching up to her. Like you mm-hmm. can see she's not going to make it out of this. I thought that was really scary. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that was definitely, you know, in the subsequent times that you see him running, I don't think it's quite as scary, but I think overall. um, But yeah, I'd say and then what were you going to say? Yeah, just another another thing that I think makes this less scary, but I think is also a good element is that the like not only are the characters in this movie knowledgeable about horror movies, but they also uh, are more. Uh, resourceful and they they can actually fight um Mm -hmm. and so you know so they can they can um knock Ghostface over and they can uh you know outrun him sometimes and um i i think that is i think that's cool i mean it just shows another way that like this is like a new um brand of a victim um but it it also does make you know it makes the killer in some ways less uh, threatening because you know that uh, he uh, is up against more formidable opponents. Yeah, that's super fair. And yeah, I'd say just looking at the like ghost faced character overall, I definitely think, you know, I think the voice is really intense. I think every time that you start, you get the phone call and you hear the voice and there's like that kind of, playfulness to it um yeah but then sometimes he goes super angry and like psycho murder and then sometimes it's a little more like going for like the sexy vibe i think i think that those and just i think the dialogue in general in those is very like creative and just like interesting conversation so i always those parts are always really intense um for like i think that builds a, a lot to the like the horror of Ghostface, and yeah. then i think at the ending when you learn that it's you know you learn who the two killers are of um billy and Stu. um i think them themselves are very creepy 
at the end. Yeah. I you know, them stabbing the scene where they stab each other is super intense. And it's yeah. just you realize that these people have gone off the rails. <laughs> and I think they're very menacing just seeing the characters' faces come after people at the end. I think that part's scary to me. Yeah. Um, um well let's Let's shift now, now that we've identified our killers. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, the big twist is that uh, Ooh, you know, killers. it's two killers. Um, um, let's talk about this as, as a whodunit. And just to get things started, I think it's interesting that a lot of horror movies don't have that element. The yeah. original Friday the Thirteenth does. Um, it's a big surprise that uh, that the killer is Jason's mom, uh, Pamela Voorhees. Um, but then the subsequent movies, there's no mystery. You know it's yeah. Jason. Um, and then in, in Halloween, uh, we know right away that Michael Myers is the killer. Um, in uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, we know that Freddy's the killer. There's some mystery about who Freddy is. And why he's killing people. Um, uh, prom night, which is referenced here, that that does have you. You don't know in that um, who the killer is, and it. Uh, I mean, I watched it recently, and I thought it was like pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> like it was <laughs> really, they did not succeed. <laughs> um, but you know, it's supposed to be a mystery. And then in uh, Terror Train too, it's there's this mystery. Um, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like they could have, uh, especially given given that the big three horror franchises don't have that element. I thought it was interesting that they um, that yeah, they introduced that. In that direction. Yeah. yeah, and in terms of like a a, a satire, um, it doesn't seem like the the who done it was like such a a big thing at the time that like needed to to be. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I guess horror, too, at that time was had gotten pretty uh, like it had lost a lot of the um, com- commercial viability that it had in the 80s. Um, but, yeah, what, like, I guess my first question is, um, what did you think about the decision to make this not only a horror movie, but also a mystery? Um, and, uh, yeah, um, I, do you think I that was really- the right approach. I, I, I think it was. I think that's a lot of what I like about this movie. I think especially, you know, on your first viewing when you don't know, it makes it, it the thing that I think it adds to a horror movie is that typically in a horror movie, you have the scary times when, you know, the, <laughs> the monsters out there, characters are running. It's super intense. And then you have the down times. And that's when you're it's the movie's building suspense up to the next scary time, right. if you will. <laughs> um, however, in this movie, when you're in the supposed down times, is when you as the audience member have t- now you have time to think about who is the killer. And so it fills that space up in such a different and more interesting way, in my opinion, that I think... For the overall viewing, something that I think really helps this movie is you as the audience member never have a point, especially in your first time watching it, never have a point where you can like overanalyze the movie and think about like any potential issues or you just can't look that hard at it because you're too caught up either being in the scary times 
or you're thinking about the mystery. So it's it's kind of it captures you and it go at such a fast pace um, that it adding that element it keeps you like locked into the movie the whole like from start to finish. Yeah, uh, I what, I totally <laughs> agree. Very very well put. Um, I, I I love I love the mystery element of it. Um, did you I'll, think that it? So I talked about like what I think it added to it as far yeah. as the actual execution. Yeah, let's the, talk about that. Done it how, how did you feel about that? Uh, I feel good about it. Um, I, you know, it's hard because I've seen it so many times, but I yeah. like, I think they do. I mean, uh, so our, so, um, Let's just start talking about some suspects. So Billy is um, our our main protagonist, uh, Sydney. He's her boyfriend, and he he's you know creepy and edgy, and uh, his performance. He's basically doing an impression of Johnny Depp uh, from from like the eighties. Like uh, Johnny Depp is in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, so I really I really like that performance, um, but. I mean, he just has killer written all over him. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> his twice, eyes are frightening. Yeah. In the movie. yeah. Um, there's so first he he gets arrested because uh, so the killer comes to Sydney's house and then he shows up a little bit after she has uh, survived that encounter. Um, and he has a he has a cell phone with him. So we think, oh, he was calling Sydney, um, and then, and then we find out, oh, it couldn't have, couldn't have been him. Um, what was his alibi? It's because they they checked the phone records and it didn't okay. have a call to her house. Right, um, yeah. and then there's like another time when he uh, he looks suspicious, and then it's oh no, it couldn't have been him. Um, yeah, well, I think first off, like after the very opening scene. Yeah, he shows up at Sydney's balcony, like right then. So there's a little bit right. of suspicion there, yeah. and then you know, yeah, and then obviously he has the he's arrested, and later on, at the very end, um, he looks suspicious right before he's supposedly stabbed. Right, I'm trying to remember exactly why. I think. Yeah, I don't remember. I think it's just That's... something he said. It was kind of revealing or something yeah along um, those lines right um, but so yeah so, and then he gets stabbed <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think i mean this is another trope where you um you know you make someone look really suspicious and then you uh mm. and it's like oh it couldn't have been him um for whatever reason um so i, I like that they introduced that trope um i i think you know the whole time I was like, hey, he is an obvious suspect, but, but there are so many other suspects too. Um, I mean, so Randy, yeah, so let's, uh, yeah we can walk through. Cause yeah. I, I definitely think that the movie does, it goes for the shotgun approach of yeah. if we make everyone Every, suspicious. And Randy says <laughs> that everyone is a suspect. He, he just, says, yeah. Um, um, okay. Um, so right, Randy, yeah, we can, is he's in their friend group. He's kind of the nerd. He's the one who's most knowledgeable about horror movies. And so with him, you're thinking, okay, the, the killer has shown himself to be knowledgeable about horror movies. You know, he's asking Casey all these questions about uh, horror movies. Um, so, 
so Randy makes sense from that standpoint. Um, and, and he acknowledges in a scene with Stu that he is a prime suspect. Stu is also an obvious suspect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I think very early on in the first scene we get with Stu, he shows his like very macabre um, yeah. nature right after the murder happened. Stu is going into graphic detail about it and making some very distasteful jokes <laughs> yeah. um, right afterwards. So that, that immediately puts him on the suspicion watch. And then he I also think says, he says that only, only a man could do that. So it, like for him, he, it, it's clear that he sees this as like, this is a manly, it, it's not, mm-hmm. um, and, and there are other times too with him, like, um, uh, let's see, w- when when the killer comes to Sydney's house, uh, you hear Tatum making a remark that uh, Stu was gonna um, come hang out with her later. So like, we, we don't know where uh, where Stu is at this time. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think, with the yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a couple times when you realize he didn't have a good alibi for the situations. Yeah. And I think we mentioned, I forgot, for, for Randy, there was also, I think he was, he had been talking to Sydney the first time she encounters Ghostface right before about playing. So he doesn't have a great alibi for that one right. either. And he knew where she was. But anyway, going back to Stu, yeah, I think the other stuff with him i think yeah i think honestly mostly it's just throughout the entire movie he demonstrates that he clearly like has finds enjoyment in violence yeah (laughs) um there's a scene sorry go ahead no no you go um in the video store when Stu and randy are talking and and Stu is is making fun of randy and and you know kind of um saying well like aren't you a prime suspect uh, Billy eventually joins them and uh, Billy and Stu surround Randy and, and they look so menacing together. And I thought yeah. that was a really nice hint that, oh, it's actually the two of them working together because um, Stu and Bill and Billy aren't in that. They're, they're not really together that much in the movie. It's like the one time that they're really interacting together. They're so menacing. I thought that was a really nice uh, way of foreshadowing the, uh, you know, ultimate, uh, uh, what's going on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, That's a good one. They had previously entered a little bit of a counter example to that on the very like opening scene with the main cast of students, Stu's being (laughs) super insensitive and then Billy defends Sydney. So he does at that one part, he kind of goes against Stu. Right. Um, so there, there. That's a little like counterpoint to that. But then, yeah, that one scene's so menacing. Um, <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> saying up. I also like in general that it sets up like you as an audience member. I think it kind of plays on the fact that there's a lot of times in movies where there is just one killer, but they do things that like there's no way that one person could have <laughs> done all of those things. Um, yeah. So I think it's cool that it actually has two killers and. The movie actually, like the scenes where you have Ghostface, makes sense that it it's two killers versus you know in other movies they might have had the scene 
where Billy shows up after Ghostface is there, but somehow it was just Billy who was the killer, even though that would have been like impossible for him to get the mask off and get around the house and get up to the balcony. Um, so I appreciate that they're even kind of commenting on those type of scenes where they th- throw you as the audience off to like the killer by kind of cheating by making a scenario right. where that person like there's no way they should have been able to be the killer. Um, so I, I enjoyed that in general. And then so some of the other suspects, we have the principal. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Played by <laughs> Henry you... Winkler, the the Fonz. Yeah, the Fonz. Uh-huh. Um, and so what do you he... think of him as a suspect? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think he's that suspect that he's suspicious and super creepy and probably is guilty of something. But I don't, I don't <laughs> think you're ever too worried about him being the killer. I don't, just don't think he's... In a, in a movie about kids who are aware of, um, you know, horror movies, I don't think it makes sense to have the adult character, like a like the super old guy, be the killer. And just would kind of be. It could be one of those that. like kids these days, you know, and they say that very line in the movie, but something yeah, like that's fair. Yeah, I think that I, I definitely considered him for a while. I think you know he has some weird scenes where he like touches the students. In weird ways, oh, yeah. like he like caresses Sydney's face at one point. Yeah, just super <laughs> weird. I think you know they kind of show he confiscate. There's several students. They dress up with the scream mask and everything, and he confiscates those. And they have the scene where he's just like wearing the. He puts the scream mask on. <laughs> um, he does some a lot of threatening with scissors. Yeah, students. <laughs> he's like he's about to stab these students with scissors. Yeah, he, I, he definitely love... seems capable of murdering someone. Oh yeah, so he has the Fonz's jacket. We we see that in his oh, wardrobe. Interesting. Yeah, and he also at one point he's kind of combing his hair exactly like the Fonz did. So I I would like to, even though he has a different last name. Okay, mm-hmm. what is it? Hindi or something? Um. um yeah, I think it's yeah, what it's something Himbri. I think it's Himbri. Himbri. Okay. I would like to think that he is the Fonz and like yeah. this cool rebellious high school kid is now a like creepy uh terrible like maybe pedo- pedophile <laughs> principal. Uh, so that's the that was the Fonz's trajectory. Um another suspect uh, is Dewey the yeah. uh, the brother of Tatum? Uh, he's a, a a new cop, um, and he's kind of he he's another like stock suspect character where he is he's so boyish and so non threatening. You're like, oh, it couldn't yeah. possibly be him. <laughs> um, exactly. I think in my first watch, he was definitely as far as the characters. He was probably one of the other characters that I was most suspicious of in terms of. Me think the movie convincing me that he could actually have been the killer, exactly. Yeah. And I think it is because I've seen so many times where it's that person, where it's like the the least obvious person is the yeah. one that seems the least like capable of murder in a movie where everyone else seems potentially capable of murder. <laughs> On Scooby Doo, that, that is that was pretty much the formula that they arrived at, where it's exactly. whoever is the least obvious person is the that's the person who's dressing up um, as the monster. Yeah, and we all know I've seen <laughs> all the Scooby-Doo episodes, so I think that definitely influenced me there. So yeah, he he definitely 
seemed very suspicious to me the first time through. What were some of like there's, the main parts for him? Yeah, well, there's one part. So when Sydney is at Tatum's house, she's spending the night, and she gets a call from the killer. And then after the call is over, Dewey comes out of his room a little bit later, and mm-hmm. he... I, I don't remember exactly what's. Susp- I mean, it seems like he's trying really hard to be like concerned, like oh, like what happened? Yeah. Um, exactly as, as he, you know, he would would be if he was the killer. Um, I yeah. Were there any other? Specific- I think the other things is since he's ta- he takes on the role of like he's her like protector, like he's like her security thing. So I think it is you know he's close to the action. For, for right. the subsequent parts of the movie. So I think that also adds suspicion of like he's he's there. And there's some scenes when like Ghostface shows up when you don't know where he is. Like it establishes yeah. that he's at the scene and then it doesn't you have no explanation of like why, like what he's doing, waiting for them. <laughs> he's like at the party and it's I'm like, wait, where is he <laughs> during this time? <laughs> is yeah. he just like standing there outside or something? So I think there's definitely, and then like Ghostface disappears and then he shows up again. So it definitely with him, I think they do a lot of the thing where there is the bad guy and then the bad guy leaves and then Dewey is the next character you see. Um, both, yeah. Yeah, it has the phone call one and then it has one with like where he kind of startles Gale at the movie van. Uh, so he's he's definitely the guy that like he he jumps right. up uh, right after Ghostface was there, and <laughs> so then I think another the Scooby. Too, Doo, it's right? another yeah. So he's another Scooby Doo trope, I guess. Now yeah. that I think about it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, um, any other prime suspects or, or I think suspects? Let's see. I think the last like main suspect would be. Um, oh my gosh, my my brains not working but i Gale think weathers there there's two the two now i don't think i guess there's i don't think that you ever really think that she's the suspect I, yeah no i didn't right? either. I, th- I think um i think tatum's a potential suspect i th- okay what um, yeah I, I i i think you know yeah. i think a movie like this it's meta you're like oh maybe they're gonna have the girl be the killer or something right. i think she's got that going and she also early on she's also very like insensitive and just not worried about the killer at all she's not that worried about the the killer but she does seem genuinely sad about casey like that's what she wants you to think yeah (laughs) you're falling right for her trap Yeah, I don't. I don't think she was like a main suspect. But then the other actual like suspect the movie establishes as a suspect is oh, um, yeah. Sydney's dad, right? Um, who um, Randy tells us is a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and explicitly says that he's like bound and gagged right. somewhere, which is exactly um, <laughs> where where he is. So. Um, yeah, right. Randy helps us out there, <laughs> but maybe that's just what Randy wanted us to think. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Randy was yeah. right because he also he says that uh, that that the he he thinks the the main suspect is uh, Billy, and Billy. he ha- yeah, um, and, and he yeah, thinks the, that the the whole you know Billy couldn't have made that call. That that's just uh, meant to throw us off. 
Um, yeah, he he definitely. Yeah, I think he's like the first of in a series of it's been copied to I think worse effect of like the character. He's like the extra character that has a little bit of extra meta sauce on him. Yeah, like every character is a little meta, but he gets a little extra dose. And so I think it's fun, you know, going back and you see that, oh, everything this character said, <laughs> like you just listen to Randy the whole time. He tells you everything. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think um, that's although he is wrong about some things because he says uh, if. Well, maybe we should maybe we can switch to the to talking about this as a commentary on the genres. Um, but but like he uh, he says that, you know, there are these rules in horror movies that you need to follow if you want to survive. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't have sex. Don't drink or do drugs. And don't ever say I'll be right mm-hmm. back um, yeah. because you'll never be you'll never get come back. Um, <laughs> and Sydney does have sex and she survives. Um, yeah. And a lot, I mean, they're all drinking. R- Randy drinks, and he doesn't. He doesn't die. Um, so he's he's not always. And, and he yeah, says he, that he's right in terms of like the plot of like yeah, who, who in terms of Randy as a detective is yeah. the best detective because he's seen right. a lot of movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a person that also. I think that he's the character that the writer inserted i think he's the writer insert character yeah where they they were putting themselves there on hindsight looking at it so you can see why he's right in terms of the yeah mystery solving but yeah not necessarily and then he's more yeah for the tropes and stuff then yeah that's where it differentiates um and yeah do we want to yeah as you said let's let's talk about it as a um commentary um as Um, well yeah so what uh like what do yeah go ahead do you think it's as like do you think it succeeds in the in the commentary aspect yeah i i do i i to to a large extent um i i mean i think it yeah i mean it makes a lot of uh smart observations about how horror movies work um you know i i I don't think the those rules are ironclad, um, especially mm-hmm. the don't do uh, drugs or drink one. Um, I mean, Laurie Strode smokes pot um, and she survives. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I, I think that. Um, let's see. I, I mean, horror movies had become so formulaic that it's like it, it, something like this movie kind of had to happen, you know, um, yeah. And uh, I, yeah, I, I think, and, and I think that it makes, it makes some amount of sense that the, that at this point, um, you know, given how many horror movies had come out, if you set a movie in, you know, 1996, the characters are going to know about horror movies. And um, yeah, and I, I think, I think a lot, yeah, I think a lot of it's funny. I mean, um, yeah, what, what about you? Yeah, I I think that it really succeeds in the commentary aspect. I think it's one of my favorite movies in this regard. And I think the biggest reason that I... Re- and it's one of the reasons that I really like this movie in general is that I think what it does that a lot of other commentary movies don't, that's harder to do, but overall I like more, is that it, it really doesn't make fun of the horror genre 
but instead celebrates it with its commentary. Like it's not it's not looking down on the horror genre at any point, yeah. even if it's even if it's showing these tropes, it's not necessarily saying like, oh, isn't it dumb that horror movies always do this? It's clearly made by someone that loves horror movies. Right. So it's it's coming coming from like a place of love as opposed to like a place of wanting to put something down. And I think that's sometimes where commentaries can like meta commentaries really lose me is when I feel like, you know, it's just it's easy to make the jokes of like commentating on something and like putting it down and being like, oh, isn't that dumb? I think it's a lot harder to commentate on something and reference it. Well, like you're it's it utilizes those elements to make a great movie, I think. Right. And it's it's never it just I feel like it never looks down on the horror genre. Um, it's just what what I appreciate the most about it. Right. I'm trying to think of like and that, that first scene, especially specific. it's like, it, yeah, it, that's showing you this is how great horror can be. I mean, I think that's one of yeah. the greatest horror scenes yeah. in movie history. And so, yeah, you can't you can't have a scene like that and not have it be a celebration. And the the writer Kevin Williamson, I mean, he just seems like a horror movie geek. Like he's seen yeah. all of these movies. He clearly <laughs> he clearly loves them. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, and I I think like I think that is part of the appeal of the horror movie genre that um, that having this this commentary kind of brings out. It's like it it is kind of a way of dealing with fear and kind of like dealing with you know having experiencing fear in these sort of you know formulaic um you know movie it, it, it like it, it yeah. makes the fear more manageable or something so i i yeah i i um yeah i i just i totally agree with you um i i think it's also funny uh like i we were talking about randy is the most knowledgeable person i i think it's funny that there's like different levels yeah. of knowledge, and like Tatum says, a couple. She she refers to uh, the director Wes Carpenter. I thought that was pretty. <laughs> I, I love that one, especially <laughs> when it's Wes Craven, who's the director exactly. of this very movie. <laughs> uh, I, I I I hadn't noticed that one until this viewing. I, actually I wrote hadn't that either. Down. Yeah, um, I, I think yeah. this is. I mean, this is also this movie is so uh, rewatchable. And I, I don't want to don't don't go listen to the rewatchables podcast. Listen to our <laughs> podcast. Um, but um, it like you just you're always because there's there's all these in jokes. You, you're always going to pick up on new things each time you watch it. And I I mean, like we said in the opening segment, we hadn't seen a lot of horror movies when we first watched this and it still worked really well. Um, so I, I think it, it's like it's a great um a great meta movie from that standpoint too. Like you don't, because it, because it's celebrating horror and mystery, you can enjoy it as that even without getting yeah. a lot of the, the jokes and references. And then if you keep watching it and if you, um, you know, keep, uh, you, you expand your, your knowledge of the horror genre, then you're just going to find new things to enjoy each time you come back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's I can't can't agree more <laughs> with that. Um, I was just looking at like some specific stuff. Um, yeah, I do think, you want to like talk about some of the the best references or our favorite references? Yeah, yeah, and I guess and that was kind of one thing right before we go in, the, in this. I have oh, yeah. just one more general point is I think 
the stuff that it it does it does kind of two different meta commentaries where I think it like the characters are talking about movies, so it's there's more kind of like the explicit reference side, and that's and but then I think there has the um then the more implicit, which is when it's actually playing on like utilizing the tropes and maybe adjusting them in some spots. So I think the places yeah. what I was gonna say is I guess kind of going back to my original comment is the places where it differentiates from the tropes and maybe I guess the movie never explicitly says like it only explicitly kind of celebrates and talks about movies, but when it is what you could say more critical of mm-hmm. what's done in horror movies is only through like the implicit, like, Hey, we're going to have this character have sex and then still succeed. It's more right. And it's in those moments is when it like goes against and says, Hey, maybe every horror movie should, doesn't need to have these, um, dumb trope. So I, I like that. I, I think it's a better way of handling it as far yeah. as what, if you're going to say that you don't like something, show us a different way of doing it. Right. Um, I, I, so. I think along those lines, um, I, I really like this about the movie. They, they talk about, they talk about nudity in horror movies. Like that's something that the characters mm-hmm. bring up. Um, but, they, but we don't have any nudity in this movie. And they're, yeah. they're, there's one part where they're watching Halloween. They're talking about, you know, how we're about to see this character's tits. And, like, it cuts away before you can see her breasts. Um, and then, uh, and, and, and Randy makes some comment, like, you know, you, at a certain point, you have, like, you, you have to see, uh, like, a topless woman in a horror movie. And then when we're, you know, after, or maybe it's before. It's, it's right after that. Okay. Right after Sydney and Billy have had sex, and it, the the way the way it's shot, it's like you know you, you're just totally expecting a shot of her breasts, and then we just don't get that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there it, it is saying um, maybe that's not something that we need to have in horror movies. Yeah. Maybe there's there's something wrong, and, and I do think it's we- yeah. it is kind of weird. Like yeah, is- going to like mixing uh eroticism and violent like i I have always thought that's i mean it's done so much Mm -hmm. in horror um but yeah yeah, definitely not something that yeah that i like about it so yeah you appreciate that but i like how it's not just the characters narcally remarking on how it's dumb they for something like that they actually go through that all that setup and then they just it's never explicitly said like, oh, this is bad, but it's just through the action, through the movie, it shows that it's dumb and can be done in a different way <laughs> or just not exactly. be in the movie. Right. Like um, Randy clearly likes that about horror. Yeah. yeah there's no character yeah. <laughs> who nobody says anything that this is bad. It just by not mm-hmm. doing it, it's saying here's here's uh, we're, we're not gonna, we're not going to pay that off. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um. So, right. so yeah, do we want to get into some of the, the references? Yeah, <laughs> and, like, and I I'm guess thinking more like dialogue type stuff. I, I was thinking not just dialogue, but also, oh, okay. you just know, all, all refer- everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all right, right. Reference Palooza. Let's let's go. Let's do, you do want it. To start, start off the yeah. So, an early one that I had not noticed before, but when Billy comes into Sydney's room, they start making out. Um, what is the song that is playing? Uh, it's an acoustic version of Don't Fear the Reaper, um, which was yeah. the one pop song that featured in Halloween. Um, yep. And they recorded this for the movie. So it 
clearly intended as a reference to that. And I really like, I like that we get a 90s version of Don't Fear the Reaper. Uh, I, I thought that was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was I yeah this is the, also the first time I ever noticed that it, I think having watched Halloween last week I think it like yeah. made me I didn't I never like actually listened to it closely enough to realize yeah that it was that um let's see I'm trying to all right I'm, I might fail on this oh, no. I didn't take enough notes about the references um and let's see all right what's a what's a good reference I'll just do a quick one yeah Billy's yeah. last Save name me. is Loomis yeah, uh, oh, you you took the easy one. Sorry, <laughs> gotta save those for me. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, I was trying to figure out like what that means because like Loomis as a character, I I just yeah, I was trying. Or maybe yeah, why why is his last name Loomis? I guess was I my don't, question. It didn't <laughs> or seem just, like just because. <laughs> that's how that was how I felt about yeah. it. All right, yeah, um, that was. Um. Yeah, I couldn't really figure out. I was trying to think about that, and I never really found a good, uh, like, specific reason <laughs> for that to be the case. Um, let's see. What's a man? I'm failing. You might have to bail me out with a third reference. Oh man. Okay. Um, um, let's. It's see hard. There comes so. There's so many. All right. Okay. I got yeah. a good one. One okay. of my favorites in this movie, which I hadn't really appreciated until this time, is there's a few random shots in the movie. Or like it's a super non-tense scene, and yeah. then it pans away from the characters, and it has a shot of like Ghostface in the bushes. Oh, <laughs> really? It's like it's it's like referencing like Halloween of like Michael Myers being in the background, um, but yeah. it does it, and just the fact that it's like the scream mask, and it, it but it, and it also shows him leaving once he's been like staring at them from a distance. I think <laughs> it's it's pretty much played. It's like only played for laughs. I really don't think it's intended as like scaring and i I just enjoyed there's like two or three random times in the movie when does this i i might have missed those like, when does this I, happen i think one of my favorite ones is it's like sydney um and um geez and tatum, tatum. are like talking and yeah. it's just like during the day they're having a normal conversation <laughs> and it finishes and then it pans over to some bushes and ghost faces there. And then he oh, like man. runs, quickly runs away. It's I might have to watch this again was, just for that. that was, yeah, it was, it was really funny. <laughs> wow. Oh, um, let's see. Well, I don't know if this is quite a reference, but I, I liked how Halloween is playing and they mm-hmm. use they use some of the sound effects from Halloween, just like and like it's happening yeah. on the 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 TV screen, or it's coming from the TV screen. But they like make it just kind of work as a sound effect in the movie. Yeah, the, yeah, they, yeah. Especially the p the piano key cue of like the yeah. main Halloween piano right when um, the scream ghost face shows up is really awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I was a big fan of that one. Um, let's see. Some other good ones. I mean, it's it's hard. Like the just from us talking about the movie. I mean, pretty much most things in the movie you could attribute yeah. as references to something. I'm trying to think of the more like explicit. The characters said something about yeah. a movie. Um, I thought it was I funny. Mean, yeah. Tatum talks about. I can't remember what the movie is, but like there's some Tom Cruise movie where if you pause it just right, you can see Tom Cruise's <laughs> penis. And yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I will, I will admit like back in the VHS 
days, you know, might be watching a, like a James Bond movie or something, and there's like a split second of nudity, and I would try to like <laughs> pause it right on that spot. So, not not something. Uh, I, I don't know if people who grew up uh, in the like DVD or you know streaming era are gonna really um, relate to that at all. But I thought I thought that was a pretty. <laughs> Just reference to a to something mm-hmm. that people used to do with VHS. Um, yeah, um, I liked. Let's see. Oh, there's some good references to like just actors in general. I was oh, trying yeah. to think of like they, I mean, they talk about Tom. There's some. I think they're talking about what actor would play them in the yeah. in the movie based on their scenario. Right. Um, and I well, think yeah, like Meg Ryan or exactly. She's like, nah, it wouldn't be Meg Ryan. It yeah. would be, and then I don't like even Tori know who it was. Spelling or something. Yeah, I don't Spalding. even know, know who it was. But... Apparently, that woman uh, auditioned for the role of Sydney, though. And oh, jeez. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. There, there's a lot of lot of fun movie references. Yeah. In there. Uh... Um. I, I actually didn't notice this when I was watching, but when I was reading about the movie, um, so when uh, the principal, Henry, played by Henry Winkler, is like scared uh, and he's like running around, he runs into a janitor who's played by Wes Craven, and Wes Craven is is in the like the colors of Freddy. You didn't um, notice that? I sw- yeah. I, Are you I kidding know. me? I, I hadn't even seen Friday the Thirteenth. You watching this movie the Street? first time, or yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. And the first time I watched this movie, I was a clear reference. I, I'm, I don't I'm know. flabbergasted. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, he even he even says something that's a movie reference, like that's a clear reference, like oh, West Craven's yeah. West Craven's one piece of dialogue. Yeah, I didn't know. Like I had to look up later that it was West Craven. I kind of figured it was because I didn't know what he looked like the first time I saw yeah. this movie. Um, but it was like, ah, that, that was like that. The acting sounded like they put a, it was the director in this movie or something. <laughs> but he's got the, the, the striped shirt. Come on. I, I don't know. Maybe I was taking a note or something. I, I, I'm sorry. Who, who's oh, just out there wearing I, this like green and brown striped shirt? That's such like a you weird don't have clothing a couple choice. Of those? <laughs> yeah. I, I was it's, yeah. Um well oh, I've lost man. all credibility. Yeah, um, wow. I, I can't believe I didn't think of that one, but I can't believe you had never <laughs> that's like the most overt uh, thing in the movie. Yeah. Um, um so I guess maybe do we want to go to some of the more of the places where the movie kind of differentiates from the tropes yeah. as kind of commentary? Yeah. Well I was just I was just thinking uh Gail says I'll be right back at one point and she survives. It's right after yeah, the yeah, right. right vaccine. Yeah, I, I really right. like that. How you have it, he says. You know, you never say I'll be right back, and then um, Stewie's like, "I'll be right back," mm-hmm. and they kind of really throw it like as like. Wait, isn't it, Gail? it No, I'm talking about. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, Stu- I'm, ex- I'm okay. explaining. I'm explaining how this is executed. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Right, we'll continue. All right. So anyway, so yeah, and Stu's like, "I'll be right back," and they play it for a joke. And it's, you know, and then literally the next piece of dialogue <laughs> is they cut out to Gail in the van. And I really like because the way it's delivered, there's no emphasis on it. So if you're not like really I didn't yeah. even catch it the first time, I don't think. But if you're but it's and it's immediately after that. And then she's like, I'll be right back. Um, 
And I, I just enjoyed the fact that they like play it like three times where you have Randy, mm-hmm. then Stu, and then Gail as like the actual like um not com just it's not like a person commenting on movies, it's just a person saying something. <laughs> um right. so we get kind of the full gambit in that part, which I yeah really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh yeah, there's the Sydney has sex and she doesn't die. Um mm-hmm. Let's see. What are some other ways that it departs from the the horror tropes? Yeah, all right. I probably should have written. I, we, um, I mean, we covered we covered a lot of them. Yeah, we've we've already we've already talked about a lot of them. I think one of them. I guess I'm trying to think of this. Um, I think having the main characters. It's more of a not really a horror thing, but more of like a murder mystery thing of having having a character that like doesn't have a motive yeah i think is a fun like different way of doing it well okay let's well they do half and half yeah what do you so so you're saying Stu doesn't have a motive yeah Stu doesn't have a motive yeah i was trying to I, i mean i've i heard somebody saying that maybe he's gay and he's like doing it for um, Billy, I think that's a no. big stretch. I don't see. <laughs> I, I was like watching with that in mind. I didn't see any indication. Um, it's. I mean, I mean, if you can, I've even read that the whole point it was a compromise where they were trying to figure out. Some people wanted it to be no motivation for the killers, and some people wanted there to be yeah. motivation, and they compromised to do one in one. Is like okay been explicitly said <laughs> and that's very i don't know i yeah I, and when he I, says peer pressure it was his mo- i mean i think that's that's pretty funny um yeah. uh i think um yeah yeah he he did briefly date uh casey right so maybe maybe he uh went into he was mad about her breaking up with him oh i think that. that is why she gets killed like why they yeah. use her as the person to kind of get everyone freaked out right because he is, kills her and her boyfriend that she, she yeah. left so uh, I, I think for that guy yeah so i think that one is that's why they chose that which is one of the clues like that's one of the su- like reasons to suspect Stu. yeah you're like ooh, he had um whatever motive for that one but in general he was he'd already like done killing before and i don't think it's not his that was just kind of like more the reason why they did that one but his overall killing is just because he's a psycho right right, right. yeah <laughs> what, what did you think of the quote from randy he says something like it's the millennium a motive is incidental <laughs> i feel like that's significant uh, but i'm not totally sure how to interpret it do you have any thoughts um well i think that quote as additional some additional stuff that actually just jarred me to a thing i wanted to talk about and oh, totally perfect. forgotten so that's <laughs> perfect which is I think one of the things I really enjoy about this movie is it not only it comments on a, not only the horror movies themselves, but it comments on like the conversation around horror movies at the time. And I think, you know, a big one is that people think that if you watch, if you, especially at that time, the thought was like, so when, you know, if you watch a bunch of horror movies or like play violent video games, that you're going to become like a killer or whatever. And 
And then I think, you know, and I think that's part of it where he's kind of playing into that where he's like, you know, it's this time you don't need a motive or whatever. Right. And then I think at another point, I think it's Billy. He's like this, you know, horror movies don't make killers. They just make um, killers more creative. (laughs) I thought that was another interesting line. Yeah. um, In the time. So, yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, and throughout the movie, it is it's kind of comment, yeah, commenting on people's like the conversation around them as like a super hyper violent genre, right? Um, yeah, you could if you were one of those people who said that horror movies create serial killers, you could be like, well, in this in this movie, uh, they're referencing <laughs> horror movies all the time, and uh, yeah, they they're trying to they're clearly trying to to mimic a horror movie, so. Um, I, I don't think, exactly. yeah, I don't think that it's, uh, it's trying to endorse that message. Um, but, uh, yeah. Do you think, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, no, yeah, I think it's kind of just saying that, yeah, the, clearly these people were just psychopaths in the beginning Yeah, <laughs> and then they saw horror movies. So that influenced the way they did it, but it doesn't actually right. influence them becoming, um, like serial killers or whatever. Right, right. Um, I, I was also thinking too, that it's, you know, it's the mid nineties, the cold war is over. Um, you know, these are kids who are, are living in like a, a wealthy small town, um, in California. And I think maybe there's also a bit of like, they have it so good. There's like no conflict in their lives or in the world. So you might as well kill some people, you know, it's like, um, mm-hmm at a time when things seem like they're going so well, um, there's, you know, th- there's no like grand struggle anymore. And then like, what, like, what are you going to do now? Um, it's kind of a, um, yeah. And, and kind of, I guess part of like, you know, like the grunge movement happens, you know, in the early mid nineties too. So I think maybe it's also part of that general, uh, you know, like apathy, I guess, of the or maybe not apathy, but like cynicism of the nineties. Yeah. Um for sure. You look like you're you're searching for something. Uh, uh I was no no, I was just checking on something, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think what do you think about so turning to the character who does have a motive? I thought uh I thought that the, the dynamic between Billy and Sydney was interesting. Um, what, what did you What did you think about that and about um, about Billy's motivations? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought that they were like effective. I think in terms of like when I was trying to solve the mystery or whatever, it was definitely mm-hmm. something that you know I was thinking about because I think they do an interesting thing. Where at the beginning, you know, we learn that Sydney's mom has been killed. And then I think, you know, you always typically in a movie when it's framed, you like always assume like, I guess, positive or like good things about the character and like the person who was killed. I thought the movie's like overall like character development of Sydney of coming to terms with the fact that her mom had been like a philanderer movie and kind of accept learning to accept that. I thought that was like I thought first of all, I thought that was just a interesting and like actually good character arc but then um i remember thinking when i was watching the movie for the first time it was like oh maybe like maybe that could be 
uh, thing is we know that his mom left. And so there's some kind of like connection of it, that could have been the case. I never, I never was fully ready to call, call my shot on that <laughs> the first time watching the movie. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting and good motivation. I was thinking, I was like, man, a year previous to this, he would have been so young when they oh, yeah. committed the first murder. Um, yeah. But yeah, what, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, um, I agree with all of that. I, I thought it was interesting. Um, so he definitely he wants to have sex with Sydney, but he he doesn't like. I mean, you can tell that he is like, he's he's not going to like force himself on her or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to like keep making it known that that's what he wants. And so I, I thought that was kind of an interesting. Like they could have made him, they could have made him worse. Um, yeah. And I I still. Th- you know, I still think it's there's something a little uncomfortable and like, you know, um, it, it still feels like he's pressuring Sydney. And like when she mm-hmm. eventually has sex with him, it doesn't, you know, it feels like she's probably doing that because that's what she thinks he wants. And, you know, it, it still doesn't really seem like she's ready. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of li- I like that they they didn't make it him as bad as he could. Have. Like, in, I feel like in a lot of other movies, he would yeah. have forced himself on her at some point. And he never does that. Yeah. Um, that's always what like makes you, when you're thinking about like, who's the killer, that's always what like makes you think, Oh, maybe it's not actually Billy. Cause he's not doing those things. I think it helps muddy yeah. the waters there a little bit too. Right. And that just makes him a more interesting character. I guess while we're on this, do we want to talk about like some of the performances? Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, yeah, I I think pretty much across the board, this movie has great performances. Um, I do you want to talk about some of our favorites or some some of the standouts? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's okay. Do that. Um, yeah. Well, I I I really think Matthew Lillard is a standout <laughs> here. Um, he is yeah. so crazy. He's like sticking his tongue out all the time yeah. and just like just bouncing off the wall. His tongue's um, so long. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the mouth <laughs> stuff he does is so creepy. It's so creepy. Um, and yeah, I just, I mean, he's, but at the same time, he's, he can be menacing too. And like some of the things mm-hmm. he's saying in that first scene when we're introduced to him, it's like this, this guy has yeah. some major problems. He's like, <laughs> has no empathy. So yeah. I like that he's both a comedic character and a menacing, like, mm-hmm. you know, a character that belongs in a horror movie. Um, yeah. And I think it really like his perform. I mean, partially it's the dialogue, but I think a lot of that is his performance. Um, yeah. There's something. Yeah. He's, like you said, he has so much like his like energy, like whenever he's like, they like passion that he has yeah. when he's saying like the words you can see, like there's, you see spit coming out of his mouth yeah. during some of the, like the dialogues, like at the end, um, his like, and the fact that he even, he somehow manages to go like more unhinged at the end of the movie, even though he's already <laughs> felt pretty unhinged. The fact yeah. that there was like another level for him to go <laughs> with where he had already been, like at the end of the movie, he gets genuinely menacing. And sometimes like when yeah. he kind of all of a sudden gets like, almost a little bit like serious at like for a moment at the end, it's super 
effective. Yeah. Um, his is definitely, the, after watching it, the performance that, like, I remembered the most. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say another dimension to his character is he's, as menacing as he is, he is also a high school student. And <laughs> he he's, like, he has some, some you know, he has some moments of, uh, you know, vulnerability and acting like a kid. I mean, and, and this was a an ad-libbed line, but um, at one point, you know, once it's it's not looking like things are going to work out for him and Billy, and he, he says, uh, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Uh, I can't do it justice to his, deli- his, yeah. his delivery, but um, I, I really, I think that's great too, that like, you know, and, and it also just, it makes it more disturbing that like some guy who could say that, who is still like afraid of his parents, you know, yeah. it, it, it drives, it drives home is like total disconnect from reality. Yeah. Where he doesn't even realize like the consequences of what he's doing and yeah, stuff and, like that. It, it makes and him I feel like, just kind of like pathetic. He just doesn't seem, yeah, like this, you know, this isn't like a purposeful killer this is clearly like someone that's disconnected from reality and doesn't understand like killing (laughs) right i guess and i feel like in school there were people kind of like that and they were scary like Mm -hmm. you just you know they could just take things too far and Mm -hmm. they would not they wouldn't realize what they were doing so i i I think i like to that it's like obviously it's an extreme version but it's like it's a recognizable you know type of person that you knew like in high school or middle school yeah for Um, for sure um how any other standouts yeah i mean i i think i think sydney's amazing in this movie i think yeah for me she she does such a good job of being like i just she somehow is able to balance being like kind of i guess like innocent in some ways but not really she's super believable as like someone who's gonna fight back against the killer like she has this kind of strength that she's able to convey to her throughout the movie as she's like dealing with all the stuff with her mom um i like the like you know the vulnerability that she shows in the scene in the bathroom and i feel like that scene you know it really it feels again like keeps you in the kind of high school where you feel like that's a scene could happen where it's you know you're in the bathroom and you overhear people gossiping about you um and she's kind of you know she's hiding from them and she kind of shows the vulnerability and she's and then just the overall she actually has a which is not that always that common for horror movies she actually has like a real like character arc throughout the movie of coming to terms with her mom and i think she like portrays that so well um but is then also ready to like get into the action at the end of the movie um oh yeah no yeah. i i agree um i i think i i mean we've already talked some about other performances i really like mm-hmm. um henry winkler as the principal mm-hmm. um you know uh skeet ulrich as the the johnny yeah. depp uh his his eyes just, oh yeah <laughs> his psychopath eyes get me every time yeah They're, like oh, his totally. some of his stares are so so scary to me yeah uh, oh yeah um, I also I really like Rose McGowan as Tatum. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think she I think she's likable. I don't. I, oh yeah. I, um, I think she's a good she's a good friend to Sydney. She's like always very supportive of her. And when Gail is like you know um, just n- showing no 
no empathy for Sydney and just trying to like use her to to you know to get a yeah uh, for her own agenda for her own agenda yeah selling um, books <laughs> exactly Tatum backs her up um, and I think I mean the fact that Tatum is the like the least knowledgeable about horror movies and I I, I think that results in a lot of funny lines from her um, mm-hmm. and and yeah and like her, her like with her too as as with um, uh, Drew Barrymore like I was sa- I was sad when she died. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, yeah, I think the, the movie yeah, does a great job of yeah it's yeah they don't have the deaths of like oh I don't like this person I want them to like you know get killer they had it coming this is all yeah. people where it's they've set her up as you're legitimately sad when she dies yeah and that that's on the performance to kind of get you there yeah and yeah so I I guess I just yeah Drew Barrymore does an amazing job yeah I mean uh, <laughs> yeah and I think we already talked about that a little bit as far yeah. as yeah. Yeah, and and they she was gonna was play awesome. Sydney, and then she thought it would be more effective if she played uh, Casey, because then it's like, well, if, if they're willing to kill off Drew Barrymore, she, she had like an acting, she had a conflict where she was originally oh. gonna do it, and then she okay. had a conflict, so then they were like, hey, you can be Casey, and then it only took like five days to film, and they filmed it first. Okay, um, right. So that right. was that was yeah, why they end up doing the old swap. Okay. Well, um, which I think talk, it, I think it worked really well for the movie. Oh yeah, benefit, I agree. Especially, I mean, it's just so shocking, and I think it makes you gives you the impression that anyone could die at any moment. If yeah. Drew Barrymore can die in the open in the opening scene, the person right. on the like poster of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think about uh, David Arquette's performance as Dewey? Yeah, and I'd say this is probably one that probably depends on the person but i i enjoyed his performance yeah. um it's an interesting like he's an interesting person for the role he's so like he's so understated and yeah. just kind of timid throughout the movie but i think it works well from both the perspective of like the mystery for the movie uh it it differentiates his character a lot from the other characters yeah. just in general most of the other characters are just I guess you would not use the word timid to describe any of the other characters in this movie. And so it no. really makes him, yeah, kind of stand out in that circumstance. And I just like the idea of like, you know, he's 25, um, just starting on the job and no one takes him seriously, especially it plays on like the small town aspect of like everyone knows yeah. him from when he was like just a few years younger. And so <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, Oh, it's little, little Dewey. And it's the, the name, the fact that he's called Dewey <laughs> is so funny. And then there's this one scene where he's talking to the police chief and like the police chief, I'm trying to remember what he, I think he has like a cup of coffee in his hand. Uh-huh. And then we go to Dewey and Dewey has an ice cream cone. <laughs> and not only is it ice cream, they chose, it's like a pink, colored ice cream in this yeah. little like sugar cone and i just and like it yeah he like just the, the the way it's filmed and everything too in that scene i just thought it was so funny um yeah but so and i think you know it's certainly not doesn't require like i'm not gonna say it's like the top level top-notch acting but I think I think he pulls the, I think he pulls that um, kind of ro- roll off well and kind of brings a fun, different and un- kind of unique energy to the role into the movie. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I think like he fits. He's a completely different character, but he fits into the world so well as a suspect and as that like small town cop yeah. that everybody knew. Yeah. And he was just the older brother to Tatum. Um, exactly. Which apparently the original idea was to have that character be more of like a, um, I guess like you know like hunky character. I guess it was like the way it was originally written. Oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I don't. Just very, I, can't I, I, I think. That. Yeah, I think they made the right call um, on getting because yeah. apparently, apparently, he also was being considered as Billy, which oh, I also just I don't think that would have gone well at all. No, either. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like for insane. all the things that made him great at, as Dewey, would have. I would, yeah, I don't think it would have translated over. To, he would have had to have played it very differently. Yeah, he also I, just he looks too old. I feel like too. Oh yeah, you know he's well, like young, but what did you did yeah. you think that they were believable high schoolers? The, these actors, uh, I'd say almost. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'd say that they're believable in that. Like I'm seeing so many like they're they're about the age of like most actors, yeah. like high school. When in movies, when they have high schoolers, like real high schoolers, no, they, they, they yeah. look w- like five or six years too old <laughs> to be they yeah. look past college. But I think the other hard thing that's kind of interesting is all of the like male leads. They're all really tall. And so I yeah. think that just kind of kind of and I, in general, well, is Randy all the, tall? All of the characters are tall. It's, you can't really tell. Okay. Like this is like the tallest cast of all time, I swear. Uh, like, because I think the thing out. is, is Matthew Lillard six four. Yeah, he and, looked really tall. And, but but so like I think both of oh, the yeah. other male leads are like six feet tall. Oh wow! And I th- and, and David Arquette's like six one or so. And then oh, I think, wow. but but like same with I mean, I think like Neve Campbell or Campbell, geez, she's like. Or isn't it Nev Campbell? I, I don't know. Clearly, I don't know how to wow. say it. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's relatively tall. Yeah. It's, for for yeah. actors usually being on the short side, it definitely you don't notice because like they're all pretty tall. So it kind of, yes. and maybe I wonder if that's how, why everyone's tall is because they had a few actors <laughs> and they just like stuck with it so that it wouldn't stand out for anyone. Skeet and know. Jamie are six feet tall each. And uh, yeah. yeah, like standing next to Matthew Lillard, they look kind of short. Yeah, but that's you just, don't that's really crazy. notice. Yeah, but it's just because yeah. he's so tall. <laughs> yeah, Ned Campbell um, is five seven. Yeah, so Rose McGowan. Oh, Rose McGowan's five four. Um, yeah, which so is still average. like average. But yeah, yeah, I think in general, just the fact that they're all so tall <laughs> makes it kind of like when you see them next to other people and stuff. It and just yeah, yeah. I mean you know they're they're like past college age people, but I, it wasn't like atrociously bad it was no like you know it was no spider-man or anything yeah. like that where it's like this person's 30 i feel like yeah. <laughs> they at least looked like to be in their mid-20s <laughs> yeah right um but yeah yeah let's um, see all right how did you feel about courtney cox's performance as Gail oh Rutgers? yeah um i liked it i i think i mean she's definitely it's one of the most broad performances she's just playing that you know, like that ambitious career oriented person who has just like, I'm going to get to the top. I don't care how many people I take down in the process um, mm-hmm. for a lot of it until. Yeah. And then she 
you know, she and Dewey have a few scenes together that I think are really cute. Um, there's just a little, little flirtation going on. Um, mm-hmm. So even, even with her, like by the end of the movie, they've kind of added some dimensions to her. Um, what did you think about Courtney Cox? Yeah. And I, I, th- I think I, I agree. You know, like she, she annoys me at the beginning, but that's the point yeah. of yeah. the character. <laughs> that character isn't <laughs> supposed to be a likable character. So it's good on her performance. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she's definitely, yeah, I think the character of Gail Weathers, I, I think it stands out a little bit in this movie just because she feels like someone that isn't aware of horror movies. I don't know. She just, yeah, she feels like she's in a coming from like a slightly different world than the world that the rest of the characters are in. Um, Definitely. And um, so I, I don't know if that like aspect of the movie always worked for me, but I thought her performance was told. I also think it's a little hard for me just because I, you know, I've seen her in friends so much. I don't know. I just, <laughs> it's like kind of a little bit to, you know, I guess I just see her as her character on friends. <laughs> and when I like just see her in, in the movies versus you know, none of the other characters I was like too familiar with when I yeah. watched this. Um, so but I, I haven't seen a lot of friends, but on friends, she's a very different, yeah, person totally different, assume, per- right? totally okay. different personality. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, but so yeah, I'd say overall, I, I think the performances were key. I, I think yeah. that's what's one of the things that sets this movie apart from other horror movies is that they do yeah. have like good actors and and like it's... all the mainline roles. And it's not like Halloween where you have like a few good actors and yeah. a few rough actors or a lot of movies where they're just all pretty <laughs> rough. The, this yeah. one, they uh, yeah, it's 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 a really great cast. It's like insane if you compare Tatum's, uh, you know, Rose McGowan's performance. <laughs> To the friends in Halloween. Like, Seriously. Oh. Yeah, it's just different. Different yeah. leads. <laughs> uh, and, and it also just makes it makes all of the scenes between the scary scenes so much more enjoyable. Like, not only are you trying to figure out the mystery, you're also just enjoying these performances, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Any, any final thoughts on Scream before we wrap things up? Yeah. So, I guess, like, looking at it all together... Um, yeah, I, I personally, I think it all comes together um, to be successful. I think it does a great job of knowing when to be scary and stay in that vein. And, you know, there's a lot of I have a lot of issues with movies where it has there's a lot of movies that have tonal issues when they're trying to blend. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of it's usually more like comedy and drama where I feel like there's an intense dramatic scene and then there'll be like this like joke and it's like, you couldn't just like let us be sad for five seconds right? in this movie. And I feel like this movie does a good job of knowing when to stay in like the horror mode and when to utilize the other things while still incorporating it all throughout. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, as some scenes are more successful than others, I yeah. think, um, you know, I it's definitely, it's not quite as, scary at like the very end of the movie as it is maybe earlier on in the movie yeah um but i think overall it was it was really successful for yeah and i think the fact that the first scene incorporates those elements so like the first scene really sets the tone for the whole movie i I think yeah some i hate it when a movie it's like you know say it's comedy drama it's like okay this is a dramatic scene this is a comedic (laughs) scene 
and <laughs> yeah, I, I like that it it just it blends them together it, yeah. so well. Um, yeah, it's just like it's adjusting like, the ratios. They're all always there, but exactly. it's just like, oh, let's go 50% horror here. Right. Dial it up to 80% on this scene, but it's always still have other percentages of the other stuff too. Right. And I think especially from a, a like from the standpoint of the mystery, I don't know if this affects the horror as much, but it it adds to the mystery like the fact that the characters are aware of movie tropes because it just then it like mm-hmm. it complicates the motivations even more and it also makes you yeah. you're kind of like oh well are they going to follow this trope or are they going to subvert it um so um i i was just one just final stray observation i i like that this movie is set in a, a small town kind of out in the country more in in halloween um it's in the suburbs which obviously like that's a um, a familiar experience for for many Americans, um, but growing up in a smaller town, and you know, like um, I mean, our we were on a, a half acre lot, and you know, had friends like with houses out, kind of you know, on larger plots of land. Like that's kind of a that that's a spooky, you know, when you're yeah. like out in the in the woods, you know. Yeah, we. That definitely yeah, can relate to like, yeah, feeling like you're way out there. And yeah, if you're in trouble, it's going to be a long time. Yeah. Or yeah, it's definitely. And also, I think it makes more sense from a horror standpoint. You don't have yeah. to wonder like, and why aren't these neighbors like doing anything about this person walking around? Exactly. It makes makes a lot more sense in a horror setting, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, um, that's going to wrap up our uh uh October uh spooky series. Um I I don't know if we spooky ever came spook up. fest. Spooky spook fest. <laughs> yeah. Spookathon. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll we'll work on the, the title. Um that's yeah, Spookathon, um, the spooky spook fest. The spooky oh that's perfect. I think yeah. we got it. Yeah, there we um, go. Spook yeah, spook. thanks. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Trying to wrap things up here. Um, spook. Uh, thanks, thanks so much for listening. Um, you can get in touch with us, movies full of heart at, at Gmail. Um, you know, uh, re- like us, uh, on, follow us on Twitter, uh, rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Um, we're gonna be back to to doing more of our our regular thing. Um, after this, uh, yeah, Crouching the- Tiger, Hidden Dragon next week. Yeah. Be excited to talk about it. I am too. Um, Yeah, so uh, we'll see you all next week and um, have a happy Halloween. (laughs) 